Welcome to Church Ahead, the weekly Christian podcast talking about big questions facing the future of church with Rev L all the way from the north of England. Episode 11, Numbers. Church counts all sorts of numbers. Bums on pews, money on plate, vocations in, children in class, occasional offices, communicants at Easter, midweek mass attendance, average Sunday congregation in October, electoral roll size. The Church of England in particular is quite a statistician. Things are counted and recorded. When I was a curate, I would enter the numbers in a ledger of the service book for every service I took. Two columns, one for the adults and one for children. When the numbers inched up, I felt great. When the numbers slipped down, I felt bad about myself. Most of us don't need to see the actual numbers to know that church is in decline. But the numbers do help if we want to grasp the scale of it all. In the decade from 2009 to 19, average weekly attendance in the Church of England fell from 1 million and 81,000 people to 854,000. The number went down every single year of the decade. This period of time takes us up to just before the COVID-19 pandemic, when the church numbers have taken an even bigger hit. Estimates are about 20% down for people who used to go to church but haven't gone back and seem unlikely to return any time soon. Numerical church decline didn't begin in 2009. It's been dwindling down for the whole of my lifetime. There was a mini church boom after the Second World War and numbers increased during the 1950s. But that was a shortish revival in a much longer period of decline. Go back to the 19th century and roughly half of all Victorians were in church on any given Sunday. And that was by no means the peak. The story of church decline is not just about this year or this decade. This has been the story of church in Europe for centuries. I don't want to sound like a bean counter, so I'm not going to tell you lots and lots of statistics. I'm going to tell you some stories from my own experience of English church decline. Well, let's start outside of Europe. In 1994, I took a dozen teenagers from my London church to visit Tanzania. We were guests of the Bishop of Western Tanganyika, who wanted to show us what the church there was like. And what was the Tanzanian Anglican church like? It was vibrant, large and growing to my English eyes. We went to the cathedral where the service was full several times each Sunday and where they built an extension on the building every year. But the most memorable day was what we called the Confirmation Safari. We followed the bishop in four by four vehicles along mud tracks from one village to another. 
At each place there would be hundreds of children standing in a line with their heads bowed ready for confirmation. The bishop would say a quick prayer and then pace down the line. Now forget the English bishop's practice of placing both hands on the candidate's head and saying an individual prayer and trying to make it sound personal to that youngster. Here the bishop's hand would scrape your head for a split second if you were lucky. And many children, I'm sure, didn't even receive a touch of his hand at all. Was the bishop lazy or negligent? No. He had so many heads to confirm that he couldn't reach them all. By the end of the day, the poor man was physically exhausted, having done this in about six different villages. He went from one village to another like this all day. And the church must have ended that day with thousands of new confirmed members. So why do you think this stood out to me? The reason why this was so pertinent an experience for me was the comparison with back home. As curate of a London parish in charge of the church's work amongst children and young people, I put a lot of work into the teenage youth group and it was my job to prepare young people for confirmation. So that year, 1994, how many candidates do you think we had for confirmation? It looked as though we weren't going to get any at all, but then a church family sent their teenager round to see me. They made it quite clear that my job was to talk him into going ahead with it and to get confirmed like all his older siblings. But when I sat down with the boy and listened to his quite articulate and well-reasoned atheism, I had to agree with him and it wasn't the right thing for him at that time. So how many confirmation candidates did we have that year? None. Zero. And I can tell you that most years at my local parish church there are no adolescent candidates for confirmation anymore. What I saw in Tanzania was the church growing and what I've lived through in this country is the church shrinking as it has all over the developed world. And the most dramatic decline has been amongst children. If you take the 30 year period from the beginning of the decade when I went to Tanzania, then the Church of England has lost 60% of its children. Numbers for all ages are down, but the decline amongst the lower age groups has been particularly dramatic. Round about the millennium, I was helping with the Sunday morning youth group at a large cathedral proportion church in Stockport. I ran a small group for six formers. They were bright youngsters who stretched me with brilliant questions. At Christmas, our group and all the other young people had a, a party for the under 18s in the church. We watched a film in someone's home with a pizza and fizzy drinks. I didn't count the exact number, but we comfortably fitted into the sitting room of a modest home. What I learned later on was that at that church between the wars, 
for their Sunday school social activity. They used to charter a train of many compartments long, enough just about to fit on the Davenport station platform. And I can tell you it's a long platform and they filled the whole train for their annual Sunday school social outing. Surely that mean, meant hundreds and hundreds of children. Now a few weeks ago I bumped into a friend from that church. He told me they no longer have any children. So from a train full to a sitting room full to none at all in three generations. That's what I mean by church decline. When you look at graphs of church attendance, you can't help wondering how much lower can it go? How many years until there isn't anyone left to count? How many years until the whole thing is history? Well, there are many churches now that if you look at the demographic of under 18 year olds, they're already there. They haven't got any. Five years ago, a Church of England report revealed that a quarter of all parishes don't have any children, and the median headcount for children amongst English parish churches was three, three children. Is it just the Church of England? No, it isn't. What about, for instance, the Roman Catholic Church? Well, the Catholic Church near me have not reached the end of the road with children. They still have children but their numbers are on the same downward trend as the Church of England. They've organised and planned a children's holiday club for this summer holiday, but the latest news, as of the end of May, is that they don't think they've got enough children to make it viable. I'm looking now at the Diocesan Shrewsbury 2021 yearbook. That's the Roman Catholic Diocese of Shrewsbury which gives me some key stats for this Catholic diocese for the eight years between 2012 and 2020. They reveal mass attendance having fallen from 31,410 to only 23,890. I calculate the shrinkage over these eight years to be more than 7,500 people or 24%. And again, this is pre-pandemic. Now, I love the way the handbook presents these figures. <laughs> they give you the percentage drop each year, but not the aggregate for the whole period. So you focus on just a decline each year. You think, oh, it's only a little bit each year, when over a decade, it's really quite a lot. And they surround these attendance numbers with numbers about money. The first column shows that offerings, don't you love that word, have slipped from 4,000, sorry, 4,785,000 to 4.3 million. That's a 10% fall. But the final column leaves you with a positive spin on this. Average weekly giving per person has increased from £2.93 to £3.46. Yes, if your attendance declines by 24% and the income only declines by 10%, then you can be cheered by the fact of the reassuring news that weekly giving per person is up. Some people will look only at the last column 
and feel a bit better. But the key numbers in absolute terms are all going in one direction and that is downwards. That's what I call decline. The best illustration of numerical decline in the Roman Catholic Church I, I know of came my way when I was browsing around the archive for the Salford Diocese on an open day. And the archivist had used a bit of imagination and as well as a lot of dry old books, they put out some lovely old photos capturing the life of this important Christian organisation. And in the middle of the portraits of priests showing off their soutines and berettas, there was one that really caught my imagination. It was a large format, black and white photo of a reunion dinner for priests who trained at Ashore College, Durham held at the Midland Hotel Manchester in the 1950s. The scene was rows and rows of neatly suited and dog-collared men of all ages and all expressions, coyly posing for the camera, scores and scores of priests filling a big hotel dining room. I imagine the photo was taken just before food was served. The geography was interesting enough to me there are lots of Catholic parishes in the northwest cities of Manchester and Liverpool. And Ashore College in the northeast was quite a prestigious place for priests to train. When I studied theology at Durham University, I knew that Ashore College, the remote monastic-like institution a few miles out of town, was an important part of the theological scene. Lectures were sometimes shared with the university. Some of their brightest students did our degree course in the university. I can remember resenting the way some of these supposedly celibate priests-to-be came into our department and cozied up with some of the nicest women. So when I got home, after seeing this fascinating photo, I looked up Ashore College to see this, what this priest factory is like today. And what did I find? I found that Ashore College Durham closed its doors in 2011. So no more priests training there. No longer do the young people of Durham University need to worry about trainee priests, access to young women before taking their vows. No more priestly pipeline supplying the Catholic parishes of Manchester and Liverpool. Why does this matter? Because the Catholic Church is all about the sacraments and only the priest can make them happen. So if you cut down the number of priests, you snip down the scale of church. And yes, the number of new vocations to priesthood is on a steep trajectory downwards. So what does church decline mean? It means that nearly all the numbers are going the wrong way. Attendance is down. Fewer priests children disappearing, less money, and there's one more thing to count. Now, of course, the church is about people, not buildings, but buildings do matter. So the last stat that I want to give you is not a head count, but a tally of church buildings. Not the whole country, just one small part of inner city North Manchester. 
the district of Ancoats and Miles Platting. The 2004 Pevenzer Architectural Guide lists eight churches plus a convent in this little patch. Before we even get to list to the list, we read no for I quote, no fewer than nine churches have disappeared since the first edition of this book in 1969. So more than half the churches disappeared in that 35-year period in this little area. And when they say disappeared, they mean demolished. They mean completely obliterated and gone without a trace. Then I start to look down the current list and I find that many of these surviving churches no longer function as places of worship. St Peter's Blossom Street, for example, has had a lovely restoration and extension as a concert hall and an orchestra base. I'm sure that's a dignified use for this lovely building, but it's no longer a church. Corpus Christi Basilica on Varley Street is shut and the social club next door is a mosque. The Edwardian red brick particular Baptist church on Rochdale Road is no longer an active place of worship. So the area has not only lost most of its church buildings, it's losing them to the cause of Christianity. This is a fast-changing area where there's lots of new building and a fast-growing population. If we take 1969 as the baseline, then I calculate that this area has lost at least three quarters of its churches. That's in my lifetime, less than my lifetime. But could it be? There's a whole new story I'm missing here. When I was scratching around this area, checking on the churchscape, I noticed more than one hoarding for a worshipping Christian community on the industrial door of an old warehouse. In parts of inner city Manchester, there are new Christian churches meeting in non-traditional buildings. I've never been to any of them. My impression is that their worshippers are mainly black people. This white man would love to know more about them. But could it be that up in heaven, the father turns to the son and says, just look at that white man revel down there. Isn't he clueless? He thinks the church is in decline just because the old buildings have gone. Can't he see that our spirit is on the move? What about the new churches right under his nose? Thank you for listening to episode 11. Please join me next week when we turn all Marxist and look at church decline in terms of power. <laughs>